three sides of the coin this week. It's Cream 2.0. We talk to the chairman as well as the executive editor of the new Cream magazine. And what's it going to be like? Is it going to, more importantly, is it going to have the classic cream attitude? And we get an answer to this. We You're going to love this because we three loved this interview with these guys. This three sides of the coin talking all things kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the hey, Coin. Hey, Cameo. It's Three Sides of the Coin. And we're here. And you can hire us to say something on video for you. But but before everybody like rolls their eyes and goes, what the hell am I hiring three sites for? We are donating 100% of the money we raise to charity, okay? So think about that when you want us to say something. We can do a birthday shout out, an anniversary shout out. Lisa can do like a Paul Stanley rap. Couldn't you, Lisa? Would you do that, please? I can sing Read My Body. I can do a Paul Stanley rap. Anything that you want to do, I'll do. Mark, well, not everything. Would, would, would you get up and go open something? No, but I'll <laughs> say something funny. <laughs> I'll read a comment. Yeah, Tommy will. Re- you can send Tommy a comment and he'll read it. Now, seriously, you guys all know what Cameo is all about. We'll do a video shout out for any occasion saying anything you want. You know, I don't know if we've even got any limits. You could you could have us say something like three sides of the coin sucks and we'll do mm-hmm. that. Like I mean, us, we're, we're real easy here. So head over to cameo.com. Look for three sides of the coin. The four of us will get together and record a video message for you, donating all of our money to charity. Mm-hmm. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of three sides of the coin. We got Mike, Tommy, Mark. And we got such a cool interview this week. Yeah, it's all about cream. Um, before we get into that, Tommy, anything you, any comments? Oh, we didn't have a, did we have an we episode have last show. week? No, no we, we did. Have that. Episode. Yeah, we took the, I'm on vacation. We took it off. I think we should make quick mention. Um, Michael James Jackson passed away. Passed away. Yeah. Um, producer of Creatures of the Night. Look it up. And even had some early involvement with Animal Eyes. Apparently, he passed away from COVID related pneumonia. Um, and I, that, that, that's a hard one. I mean, he really, you know, we joke about did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? And people are like, well, yeah, listen to him on Creatures. Michael James Jackson had a lot more responsibility for that kiss sound on Creatures and Lick It Up than Vinny ever had. I mean, he was, he's a special producer. And I will tell you, I'm very fortunate um, to get to meet him on the Kiss Cruises. What a gentleman. And he was so you know, again, I just met him on the cruises and, and he loved when he was on the show, we, I sat and talked to him. He really enjoyed his time on three sides. Um, 
I, Michael just tried. You just said you just sent him an email a few weeks. I, I just emailed him a month ago because I was at somebody wanted to reach out to him and I asked him for permission to pass his email along and he said fine and you know he's hoping I'm doing well and yeah yeah we sat and talked on the cruise for quite a while he we kind of revisited the whole show oh I know what a and and, and so many of you listening gave him a, a real gift because he didn't he couldn't get over how many people yes. were interested in talking with him and meeting him and all that he was overwhelmed yeah do, do yourself a favor if you haven't checked them out we've got two interviews with um Michael that we did um, one all about his kiss work and a second one that was just all about creatures. And boy, those are just phenomenal Fantastic. interviews. Such a great guy. Answered so many questions, revealed so much stuff. I mean, it's that was such a such a pivotal era for Kiss. And he was the producer there. Right. So all our condolences go out to um michael's family and you know paul is still and paul posted about it paul's been very close to michael for many Many years years. um it's sad it's sad when somebody in the kiss family passes on like this Mm -hmm. um other kiss news i don't know there's supposed to be a hundred more tour dates please stop asking us when the tickets go on sale, what the cities are, we have no freaking clue. <laughs> no idea. When Kiss announces it, you're going to know about it at the same time we know about it. Yep. I don't. I can't even tell you if those hundred dates are in the U.S. or where. No idea. Or if, or if there even is hundred dates. Well, yeah. Let's, mean- <laughs> let's, let's take it with a grain of salt because it was Gene Simmons who announced this. Mm-hmm. So 100 dates might actually mean 50 dates and might mean it doesn't happen. We don't know, but they are kicking butt over in Europe. I think they oh have one or two more shows left in Europe. You got Australia coming up and those shows in Europe have been massive. Yeah. So much so we bring it up when our guests are on later because uh, you know what? Uh, like we like to say, forget the haters. <laughs> yeah so so let's let's um lead into this week's guest guests plural yes. we have two people from cream magazine not the old cream magazine the brand new cream magazine are joining us this week we're joined by jj and dan the chairman and the executive editor of cream magazine and we talk all about the relaunch of Cream 2.0. We talk about the article they wrote about Paul Stanley's artwork. We talk about the cream attitude. We, we, they reveal what this new cream is going to be like. And I think I can speak for all three of us. We were, we were on the edge of our seat listening to mm-hmm. you guys talk about the rebirth of cream. And this is going to be really freaking cool. So let it roll and we'll see you at the end. Three sides of the coin. You know, we've had people who've worked at Cream Magazine on here in the past for some amazing, amazing episodes. But today 
we are joined by a couple of the people who are part of the rebirth of Cream Magazine. We've got the chairman, the chairman. I mean, what a cool name, JJ Kramer. And we've got the executive editor, Dan Morrissey. Guys, thank you so much for, for uh, joining this geeky little world that we're in. But, um, you know, the three of us, and frankly, all of our listeners are just diehard rock fans. And I think it's safe to say Cream holds a, a very special spot for many of us, especially of the older generation who grew up with the original Cream. Um, you know, I, I, I will start off by saying, you know, as a kid growing up, Cream was that magazine where you're like, these guys tell it like it is. They pull no punches. This is, you know, this, this isn't like Hit Parader, which just takes the press release and prints the press release and says, here's our new interview with Kiss. You know, you guys were the ones who talked Kiss into taking photos without makeup on. You know, I mean, that that's ballsy when you think about it. You know, yeah. that was one of the things. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that was, Michael, what you just said, as I got older, because I started reading Cream in 76, I was 11 years old. But by the time I got into high school, you know, when Kiss had faded, you know, but now I'm reading about Van Halen in 81, 82, 83. And I loved the fact that not like like you said with hit parader and to some extent some extent circus they were a little bit too chummy too friendly with the with uh, you know with the pr people i i loved reading i'll never forget what uh, it was a rush article because i'm a big rush fan too um they were just combative i remember i, I can't remember the exact um writer but they were all so great but he, I, I think neil said something he put the rolling stones down and the writer in the article and this is in 81 said basically told him i don't care how many paint cans you hide behind you'll never be as great as charlie watts and that's the kind of writing to this day that i gravitate towards i like that they don't kiss their ass i like that you could, you know, Cream would mock them almost like a big brother who under underneath, you know, they love the artist. There's love, but yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that was a big part of 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 what made Cream Cream. It, it was the writers were really fans first and they led with passion and they looked to hold the artists accountable um, or, you know, it, it could be championing an artist that hadn't had a chance to be put on a pedestal or similarly ripping an artist off their pedestal um, and, and humanizing them in a way. Um, and I think that's really what distinguished cream from, from everybody else. And, and not to mention that they, they kind of turned convention on its head. Like you said, there were other publications out there that were just regurgitating press releases. That wasn't of interest to anybody at cream. That's what everybody else was doing is so like, how can we turn something inside out, make a silly thing, smart, make a, smart thing silly and and kind of make it fun to read about rock and roll um and and that that was really its hallmark it was you know you knew you're going to pick up an issue of cream and it was going to be fun and funny and insightful you're going to learn some shit too well you know that was the thing about cream i felt you actually had to read it and pay attention 
you know, the, the other publications, you didn't have to really dive into their articles because it was very light and high level. But Cream, it's like you almost had to be you had to be a smarter fan to read Cream yes. magazine. Yeah. And and I think a lot of the time, you know, you would have writers that would absolutely insert themselves into the story. And so you definitely had to pay attention to it because they may, you know, it might take a long winding road to get to, I don't know, the review or whatever the article was, you know, initially supposed to be about. They would take right. you on a little bit of a journey to get there. And there'd be so, some subtle references and some nuances. Um, and, and hell, you know, sometimes you wouldn't even end up talking about the record, <laughs> which was, which was <laughs> kind of like the best, the best part. Um, so, I mean, and that, I can't think of any other publication that would, would kind of um, dare to do that. And we always, you know, our, our, way of describing cream back in the day and kind of what our North star is going forward. It's like, it was a cross between mad magazine and Esquire. Um, you know, that's kind of what it was. Um, you, there was really great journalism in there, but it was packaged in a way um, that had that nice balance between lowbrow and highbrow. So, so where is, well, I guess before I get to this question, take us through the journey that brought cream back. So we know that there was there was the 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 documentary was it a couple of years ago that was making its rounds and and Jan was talking about that and and you know it's an incredible documentary if people haven't seen it you really got to go see it even if you're not a cream fan it's a great rock and roll documentary but was that like sort of part of the plan of the rebirth was that your first step testing the waters or did you sort of go wow there's a lot of people who love us still maybe we should come talk about bringing it back yeah it, i mean it, for me personally obviously it, it started well before the documentary my dad founded cream in in 1969 and when he passed away in in 1981 he actually left cream to me and at four and a half years old i was chairman of cream magazine um which is really cool to talk you were the cool kid at school he's had this job for a long time yeah um and and you know after my dad died my mom stepped in into her credit she helped keep the magazine afloat for a number of years but then it fell into bankruptcy the rights were sold off and they changed hands a number of times and i've spent like the better part of my adult life putting those rights back together and once we were able to do that, like the first step after putting all those rights back together and regaining ownership was producing the documentary. Um, and we kind of knew when we were putting it together that it was just a, just an incredibly rich rock and roll story. You know, cream, cream fans obviously are going to devour it, but it really is a great rock and roll story. And once, once we released it, we premiered it at South by Southwest in, in 2019. It got well-received by audiences, by critics, and then we're like, you know, holy shit, there, people have such an affinity for this brand still. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that transition to like, boy, howdy t-shirts blowing off the proverbial shelves on our, our website. And then we started thinking about, okay, you know, how many more emails do we need to get asking when is cream coming back to just lean into this thing and, and start building it. So started putting business plans together and sort of what we envisioned cream 2.0, being and you know late last year um we we got funding in the door and we were able to hit the gas 
on, you know, all of the plans that we've been kind of like uh, marinating uh, on for, for a while. So that, that, that documentary really was the tip of the spear for us though, and the proof of concept. I was fortunate. I got to go to the Fox theater and see it there. And, and where to, I'll tell you, it's funny because it, you were out, you were there. Yes. In Detroit. Yeah, I, I remember I went with my wife and I'll never forget. If you remember, it's kind of an older crowd, obviously. And I remember kind of holding my breath because I knew Gene and Paul were going to be in it at some point. I knew that. And I was like, oh, man, I, I hope these older fans don't boo when Gene and Paul when they do the kiss segment. And just the complete effing opposite happened. When Kiss pictured the crowd went, and I was like, yes, I was so fucking happy. Just because, because that, they felt, I tell you what, seeing them up there in that part of the whole Detroit, you know, having, because as you know, you know, Kiss wasn't a Detroit band, but Detroit is the one who embraced them first. And they always had an affinity for Detroit so much so you know the the classic song but man it was great to see that place erupt when Kiss came on the screen because I was worried I was like are they gonna you know are they gonna cheer just for like Patti Smith and shit like because you don't know you know you don't know (laughs) but uh, I thought that was really really great they got a great reception I think it it, aside from I think you know the, the local folks you know Susie Quattro got a uh uh, you know, good reception, good roar from the crowd. Johnny B was in there, got a good roar from the crowd. But then, you know, Gene and Paul definitely very well received. So, Dan, as as executive editor, how are you approaching Cream 2.0? I mean, we're obviously in a completely different era now than yeah. Cream's heyday. I mean, the the point of Print magazines just don't even survive, period. It's so difficult. And, you know, we're in an era of the internet where fans basically know everything before anything is printed. How are you approaching Cream 2.0 with all of that that's changed, but yet trying to keep that cream attitude in the writing style? Well, I mean, I have a long history with magazines and ironically, it was the death of a magazine that led me to JJ's door. Um, I was working at Entertainment Weekly for 22 years and they, the print version shuttered in mid-February and that's when I was connected to JJ and I told him, you know, about, it's funny, I had, a, I had an issue of cream on my wall in the, in the late 70s with Kiss on it. Like there's a, there's a connection for me between Kiss and Cream that starts when I'm six years old. And um, that was one of the things that I mentioned during, uh, during the job interview. And I had watched the documentary and I was like so excited that this was coming back. So you say that magazines are dying, but what we're doing with Cream is different from the conventional sort of, you know, newsstand weekly or monthly magazine. We're putting together these quarterly publications that are practically art pieces, these beautiful, uh, beautiful paper, incredible colors, um, you know, barely any advertisement whatsoever, if any, you know, our first issue is going to be 130 pages of jam packed with rock and roll content that covers the past, covers the present and covers the future. And there's a hunger for that, you know, Um, 
So we're, 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 as long as we keep the tone, the old cream, as long as we keep that humor, like JJ said, like treating silly things in a smart way, treating smart things in a silly way, um, humanizing rock stars, celebrating people who are just starting to make their mark, then we're going to draw the same sort of interested, curious uh, rock and roll lovers that the original cream did. And, you know, there's such a hunger for it. Like JJ said, like they were knocking, beating down his door for this to come back. And we've just been so embraced over the past few months as we've slowly launched the website. And as we, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we leaked some content from the print publication on the website and it was, you know, received ravenously. So um, to answer your question about how we're moving forward, we're, we're gonna do stuff. I remember you said that the audience at the, mo at the movie, you said, obviously it was an older crowd, but we're not trying to just cater to an older crowd. We're not trying to cater to any crowd except for people who love rock and roll. And the same people who are gonna love our story on The Who are gonna love our story on special interests, you know, because we, we're passionate about this stuff and our writers are passionate about it. And that has never changed, no matter how long. Yeah. Sorry, finish. I, I, I thought you had finished. I didn't want to interrupt. No, I had finished. I had finished. And, um, and I love the fact that I like the relationship that Cream had with Kiss is so emblematic of what we're trying to do because these were mega stars, right? And what I, I see Kiss as very human. Uh, when I was a kid, they were not human. They were gods. You know, they were magical creatures. Uh, when I was six and seven years old, I considered them walking superheroes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was right at that perfect age with kids where I got to enjoy them as, as a child. But just as like when Dynasty came out, that was sort of when I was starting to kind of come into my own musically. Luckily, though, the thing is, you could say that I was a bit too young for Kiss, but I had an older brother, and that was sort of the, the key turner, right? So whatever my 11-year-old brother loved, my 7-year-old self either loved as well or tried to love or learned to love. So I had him walk me through that, and, like, I grew up with the cream on the wall. It didn't matter if it was cream or 16 magazine. If it had one of those four guys on the cover, I was going to buy it. I was going to cut it up. I was going to trace it. I was going to draw it. I was going to put it on the wall. I was going to um, obsess over it. And that passion for rock and roll and music and kiss has never left me. Even when I realized that like, wow, these are four really flawed individuals. You know, we have like, we have two sort of control freaks and two kind of self-destructive uh, people that have sort of paired off and they're, and it creates this incredible tension in the group. And, um, and I just think they're fascinating. And I think it's, it's like, it just, it, like cream reminds me of kiss kiss reminds me of cream because like kiss are hilarious. They're ridiculous, but they're also funny and they rock and they're smart. And they're, it's just like, it's just that whole, like if we could create that kind of tension, with the magazine, then people are going to get turned on, and that's what we're doing. You know, so, I, I, what question about the the editorial direction then? Yeah, um, is it going to be more focused on, I guess, in the simplest term, the story that you're going to want to tell, as opposed Absolutely. to let's review the new album, let's talk about the new tour, because obviously that's the type of stuff 
nobody can compete with the internet because tomorrow that album's been reviewed by a thousand people online and you can't, and unless you take that review, which maybe you do, because I think as, as we told you, as we were talking about pitching you to come on, we found the um, cream review of Kiss Unmasked. Yes. And we read that and then commented on it. Right. That review, the whole attitude, the whole tone of it, first of all, is so different than any review anybody else ever writes. But yeah. that's fascinating. I mean, is, is, is the thing that struck me about that review is that while you're reading it, you think he's panning it and then he wishes them the best at the end. And he's yeah, kind of like, right. Yes. Yeah. And I love, uh, love hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just perfect. It's just like he really nails it. He really it's funny, too, because Unmasked was kind of the album that that I exited the Kiss fandom through because, you know, I was you nine many years old. Fans. <laughs> right yeah yeah um but now i love it like torpedo girl come on it's like <laughs> the ace songs alone on that um are incredible um but um what was your question i started so the, talking the about, question is about the editorial direction is it more about oh yeah up i can yeah unique yeah and original okay. stories and less yes less well the, the wonderful thing about being a quarterly is that you are forced to write about the story and you are forced to write about ideas that are evergreen because you're writing something months in advance. And so, you know, our website is more geared towards things that are timely, record reviews, you know, festival reviews, what have you. But then um, we're able to treat this magazine in a really kind of loving way toward the story you know so like we get together in these pitch meetings and whenever someone just mentions a band name or a singer's name the room just kind of goes flat like well what's the story what do we want to say about these people like what you know how can we mix it up with these people how can we get involved and see a different angle to them and um and that's something that doesn't need a timestamp on it and so the beautiful thing about being a quarterly is that it forces us to chase the story instead of the headline and, and you know, we're not, we are not positioning Cream as a media, as a traditional media company. We, we, we want no part of the race to the middle or the race to the bottom uh, that goes on, you know, online. We're, we are an entertainment company and we tell stories, um, uh, compelling stories, and we share them with an audience uh, that we interact with in different ways. So we can interact with them on the website. We can interact with them through the magazine through merchandise, through programming, like the documentary. And in the future, we'll be doing experiential things as well, concerts, exhibits, so on and so forth. Um, but even in the, in, the, you know, in the digital space, as Dan was alluding to, um, yeah, we do some record reviews on there, but they're, it's very carefully like curated. We don't have to chase every press release. We, do, we literally do one piece of content per day on our site and it's, it's our fresh cream content. And so it's tough to get slotted in for that. So it better be something really, really good, good and something that we feel passionate enough to, to talk about. But that allows us to talk about things in real time that are important enough for us to kind of slot in for a fresh cream, um, a fresh cream article. Okay, so I've got a question. I'd like to know how you decide what you're going to cover. 
And I know that that's a really broad question. So I want to give you an example and you guys can react. And it's nothing that, it, that we're holding you to, but I'm just curious. So I know you want to move into what's going on right now. And rock and roll means so much to so many people and different to so many people. So even though you're talking about the Who or Kiss or some of the classic bands, let me give you a couple of names of different artists or bands. And I want to know if you think you would probably cover them or not to get a feel for which direction you're headed, if that's okay. Okay. So Metallica. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, Garbage. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, What about like Slayer? Slayer might make it into a metal column or something of the like, but that, that probably, you know, that's, that's late eighties cream um, that, that, you know, may or may not get pulled in. Also, Blackberry. this brings up this brings up the point I was making earlier, which is like you're na- you're just naming artists, right? So you know we we have to know the how and the why around it. Um, Fair, and, and we, I'm know, just we'll, trying to get a like. I'll give you a really good example. Our I, I hope I'm able to divulge some content. JJ, can I tell them <laughs> about a feature in issue one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can give a little 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 taste. We got a, We got a feature <laughs> on the Osmonds. In issue one, wow. awesome. awesome! That's awesome. Okay. But because to me, music crazy is horses, yes. crazy horses, right? Yes. Yeah, you guys awesome. obviously know yeah. and love crazy horses. We have the inside story. We got the Osmonds. We got the producer. We got the agent. We got all of them to talk about the genesis and the creation of this amazing hard rock Osmonds. <laughs> that really is. So that's so great. If you were so so you're at, you're saying Metallica garbage, and I'm kind of I'm saying yes to all of them because yeah. as far as I know, there's an amazing story behind each of those names, just like there's an amazing story behind the Osmonds. But and I think that's great, and that's kind of my point. And that also, I think, at least from my perspective, one of the things I always appreciated about Cream reading it growing up is is that you had the diversity of all these different types of music because they're all under the the rock category. You know, and it seemed like your readership from people that I knew were broader based and were willing to listen to, you know, Blondie because of the fact that you mentioned them or talk about that band right next to a Uriah Heap article. And that's the way it should be. It's just the reason I asked that question and maybe did it the wrong way is I just kind of feel like as these festivals progress now, you don't get to see a wide variety of acts that all are under the rock and roll headline. It, it, it's so segmented that it's either it's a metal thing or it's a pop thing or it's a dance thing or it's a, and I miss those festivals where you'd have six, seven acts on the bill and there was a variety of stuff. Yeah. So well, that's, me, the that's, what the table, the, that's what the table of contents of cream issue one is going to look like to you. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It, it, and you know, it's, we use the term, you know, big tent rock and roll. Right. And and, you know, cream trusts its readers and we want the readers to trust cream. And that's why, you know, there's going to be, you know, bands that we champion that are sort of on the margins right now that nobody has heard of. And, and we're going to turn people onto that, uh, onto a new sound. Um, and and people, you know, may come to us for the, the Osmonds feature and leave being turned on to, you know, a, a Warthog, which is a, a, you know, a band we just did a, a piece on today. Um, so lots of, um, lots of connective tissue there. That, there's, that, there's one band, there's one band I really hope 
would catch your eye. I've mentioned them on the show before. It's a band. I think they're out of California. I love. But every time I see pictures of them, I'm like, they should be in cream. Like, this is like as if there was still a cream. Because this would have been the perfect band. Are you guys familiar with Starcrawler? I've heard the name thrown around in, in the in the uh, the newsroom, so to speak. Um, yeah. I don't know Star anything Crawler, about her, but I've Star heard they have kind of an Amel and the Sniffers vibe. They are Iggy and the Stooges 2022 with right. a pop sensibility. Uh, okay. Um, just but they can they can go hard they can they can write a beautiful pop song too but the 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 lead singer female i mean oh that's she why makes, she makes yeah, now she we're makes getting Karen, to the bottom of it. she she makes karen carpenter look like uh rosie o'donnell i mean she's she's so skinny <laughs> oh but, wow but i was wondering where you're so, going with that <laughs> she's so gangly no but when you see pictures of her yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it reminds it reminds me when i would see things in cream like the first time i ever saw wendy williams or something right. you're like because that was cream cream took a chance and put a was that lena lovich and all those you know what i mean just the crazy shit that eventually you know kind of caught people's attention and and that band to me always is like that that band should should be in like a cream type magazine because i think people would go crazy for them plus that, that the sound is just i absolutely love them so. But, but but Mark, to what Dan and JJ are saying is, it's basically not just the band and the music. It's what is the story? What is the and 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 it's it's funny we've evolved this way because I do I do um, marketing and PR in the in the music business and I've got a music business podcast that I do on the side, and one of the things I constantly preach to bands is. When you're doing a press release, we've got to think, what is the story behind this? And I will tell you right now, your new album is not a story. Nobody cares about your new album unless you might be the Rolling Stones or you too. So what is the real story behind the album, behind the songs, behind the band? Because people like Dan and JJ are getting thousands of submissions from publicists every yep. week and why is this one going to get picked over that one assuming all the music is the greatest they've ever recorded it comes down to the story of the band and that's and 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 to your credit cream you will not stick to a niche like, you know, and, and we'll go back to the 80s, but it's like, okay, if you're looking at Hit Parade or in Circus, especially in the 80s, unless you were 80s hair metal, they never branched out. They never took a chance. Exactly. Their and that's kind of what I was trying to say. always been that one who's like, well, if it's a cool story, yeah, it might piss people off that we put the Osmonds in here, but so what? It's a great rock and roll story. It is a great story. That's what we love about that's what we love about cream's history is like what, what they did back, you know, from 69 to 89 um, gives us permission to go back into that space. Right. So, you know, 
cream was at the forefront of, of punk, right? I mean, if, if in certain circles, you know, they're, you know, cream, cream is given credit for coining the word uh, punk rock. Uh, and then, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, uh, cream covered the Beastie Boys and, you know, LL Cool J um, and Motown acts. And it was really, it was about the music and about the story. And it could weave those things together in a way that was still like, it was frenetic, but it also was cohesive in this like really crazy way. And that's what made every issue so much fun is you didn't, you knew what you were going to get in terms of sensibility, but you didn't, you didn't, you knew you weren't going to get a Xerox copy of, of the press release or whatever was in every other magazine. Right. And that's what made it so fun to run to your mailbox to get the latest issue. Well, think, think of how many acts, I mean, that had band, you know, I never got into craft work or stuff like that, but they were alongside Ted Nugent, you know what I mean? In Cream in the seventies. And you're like, Hey, at least it made you check it out. And it's funny because matter of fact, I use this example, not terribly long ago on the show. I bought my first motorhead record because the guy in Cream, and I can't remember which writer it was who I knew hated heavy metal, hard rock, hated kiss, hated all this Aerosmith, hated all this shit. I liked said it was the worst record he's ever heard. And I, and all I did was go, if he hates it that much, this record's going to be fucking incredible. And that's when I went out <laughs> and I bought Ace of Spades. And sure as shit, I was like, this, this is it, you know? Because you got to know the, the writers. You got to know, you know, how funny Rick Johnson was and just all the, 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 the crazy stuff. That was one thing, too, I was going to ask you guys when, when I found out, you know, you guys were cool enough to come on here. I'm like, please don't lose the backstage thing. That last page, I couldn't wait to get to the last page when they just mock everything. You know what I mean? I, I loved that, uh, the backstage section. Um, I always thought it was just brilliant. And, and, and again, just making serious artists into, you know, making things that silly. And it was just fun. And I couldn't, again, it was always a highlight to, you know, like, okay, you're coming up to the end, cool. And then you know, you're going to have a laugh before you close the last page. Yeah. Well, we don't want to give away too much, but we are, we are retaining a lot of things that you'll remember from the earlier incarnation. That, that are, are, are you going to let the, Mark touched on this, the writers of Cream almost became rock stars on their own, unlike so many other publications. Are you going to let the rock stars develop their personalities and let them shine through as well yes yeah i i think you know cream was whatever word you want to you know a breeding ground incubator springboard for some of rock's greatest journalists right if you look at an old masthead it was like a murderer's row of you know rock and roll stars and a lot of those folks cut their teeth at at cream because they were given a certain amount of editorial freedom. Um, and I think that's, that's the culture that Dan and, and his team are, are developing with uh, this new wave of, of contributors. Like we're already starting to see certain voices um, shine through in, in the pieces that we're filtering out, uh, filtering through fresh cream. And we'll even see more of that uh, in, in the print copy as well. So the answer is, is absolutely yes. Um, we want to help nurture this, you know, this, this new, um, era of, of journalists um, that have probably not had a lot of places that they can go to, you know, speak freely about, yeah, exa- <laughs> um, exactly. you know, music. 
Let so, the, you know, it's again, it's about the personality that that they have that they can bring into the article, which gives it a whole different feels. All of a sudden, you become, you know, in in, in a very simple terms, it's like if you're a fan of some record producer, you buy every album that producer makes just because you're a fan of the producer. If you become a fan and can connect to a cream writer you're going to follow everything they write because you know that writer you know who they are you know their personality oh, For sure. jj one of the things you said earlier that i was intrigued by is you had said that you guys aren't interested in, in getting in a race to the middle so my question to you is what does that mean to you and how does one avoid that when you're looking at such a big project so when I think of race to the middle, I think of, you know, every sort of traditional music media site that's out there that is compelled to post 20 articles a day because they are driven by clicks and ad dollars, right? They have to put up all that content so they can get the clicks so they can, you know, get their click throughs and programmatic ad sales. Um, because we are subscription based, um, we're, we're not playing in that sandbox at all. Okay. We, you know, we, we are positioning the magazine as, and I meant to mention this earlier, like niche magazines or, or indie magazines are really having a moment right now. While a lot of traditional magazines are dying on the vine, these premium quarterlies are really having a moment. And what we've learned is people are willing to pay for premium content. Uh, yeah. And that's what we're, we aim to deliver. So by taking ourselves like out of this like digital rat race and just posting the one piece a day on something that we think is worthy, you know, of, of conversation and then leaning into our analog spirit with, uh, with the print mag, we're out of that race to the middle. We're kind of, everyone's zigging, we're zagging in, in, you know, grand cream fashion. Yeah. Which is, and we're which able is to great. take advantage. And we're Jeez. able, we're mentioned, we're talking about the stories and the writers, which are, of course, everything, but we're, we haven't mentioned this incredible photography that we're going to have in, in the magazine, which is yeah, something, yeah. I mean, if you can imagine the, the original cream with that tone and that incredible writing, if you can imagine that presented on a larger scale with these lush color photographs, you know, taking up an entire, you know, we don't have to cater to advertisers. So we, we can take a beautiful picture and we could just spread it across across the page and so it's really combining those two amazing worlds of like you know provocative commentary uh provocative editorial and just this you know very striking imagery so it's going to be a it, real feast it's coffee table quality and back of the toilet sensibility ah, <laughs> it, nice. you know nice. that's that's it, it, it it's going to be a bigger you know it's like 10 and a half what is it 10 and a half by 13 Dan? that's going to be a t-shirt jj put that on a t-shirt <laughs> Yes. Right. <laughs> but how, but I, I'm really interested in your business model or how you guys are developing this. Cause I know you're taking the classic cream and going, okay, how do we modernize it? But it's been a number of years since cream has been, you know, a magazine. So how, like what you guys are saying to us in our age group, for, at least for me, makes complete and total sense. I can see where yeah. you're going. You've painted a great picture, but how are you going to get the younger people to buy in that aren't used to this sort of thing and are only used to the 20 posts a day and all the way so many others are doing it. How do you get that message? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's an education component 
to it as well. It's kind of like you have to like um, show show you know the younger demo, the millennials, the the Zoomers that there is another way to do this because they've been trained that a lot of content is just disposable, it's throwaway, right? And so we're going to bring them into our ecosystem through talking about their bands on the website. Like we're talking about new bands that have a, a younger following. We're going to introduce them to cream that way. And that, that sort of, this ties back to like the whole idea of cream as an entertainment company. There's different ways that people can interact with our brand. You may just be a, a younger kid who thinks boy howdy is really cool on a t-shirt and you buy the mm-hmm. t-shirt and then later on you read an article and then, Hey, you decide to describe to subscribe to the magazine six months, nine months down the road. Maybe you watch the documentary and you're just compelled, you know, to, to um, join the mailing list. And, you know, we remarket to you later and, and get you involved in the ecosystem in a different way. So because we're not just a throw shit against the wall, uh, you know, uh, music blog, not that there's anything, <laughs> you know, wrong with that, if that's, if that's what your aspiration is, but we have a lot of other ways to bring people into like the cremosphere <laughs> and and introduce them and interact with them. So I think that's what gives us a little bit of a, a leg up on some others out there. And it allows us to like slow burn this as well. Like we don't have to shove the magazine down people's throats. It's right. gonna be there for them when they're ready for it. And maybe they don't want the print mag. Maybe they just wanna subscribe for five bucks a month to the digital archive. And that makes them happy. You know, we've got every issue of cream from 69 to 89 digitized, optimized and online. And for five bucks a month, people can dive into that over time. We're going to add each new issue to the archive. Maybe that's what somebody wants. But there's a lot of people out there like myself. And I imagine the folks on this call that like having that book in their hand. <laughs> and it's about that that experience. And so um that was a really long-winded way of saying, I think there's just different ways that we can interact with people to bring them into the fold. Makes sense. And yeah, and I, I've, I've missed the physicality of it, you know? Yeah. I, I really, it's no different than record albums. And I, I have to kind of wonder if maybe that's some of the resurgence of vinyl is some people are younger people, at least are starting to realize, wow, it's really cool to have liner notes and have all of this content and these photos and you know i always think of the elton john album goodbye elbrick road i used to sit and look at that for hours and hours and hours because every song all the lyrics some type of photo or artwork with it it was it, it was spectacular and that's what i loved about cream magazine was not only like they were saying the in-depth of articles but just the content in general and it's i feel like it's been missing for so long i miss it the same way i miss not being able to go to a record store and buy something Um, Kiss Kiss fans are well aware of a couple events that Cream did with Kiss. One, and we mentioned this before we hit the record button, was how Cream had had talked Kiss into photos out of makeup. And, you know, and, and nowadays you'd be like, oh, my God, you're risking the wrath of a record label, a management company, all these other people that would get so pissed at you. And then the other other event you did was um, when Jan went on stage with Kiss, you know, for Maiden Form Bra. Big events. Are you looking to try and do things like that as well, where you're creating these tongue-in-cheek events 
helping to create the story with an artist involvement? Yeah, uh, it, it's not something that that um, we're necessarily trying to force, but I think there there are you know what we always like to say you know you're either in on the joke or you are the joke, right? <laughs> um, and and there's lots of bands out there I think that want to be in on the joke and they and they you know they understand there's you know there's a symmetry between the artists um, and and the writers and there's a lot of fun that can be had if nobody takes themselves too seriously. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, that that's part of the creative process. And a lot of the, the discussion that happens is like, what can we do? What, what is the angle we can do um, that's adding a new perspective here? How can we take this artist out of their comfort zone um, and do something different? Um, or conversely, embed the writer and take yeah. the writer out of their comfort zone and have them do something um, new and, and sort of be in the trenches with, with the artist. So yeah, that, that, that to me is such a, a huge part of um, Cream's ethos and giving the reader that front row seat, so to speak, um, that we really hope it will, will, you know, be communicated through those, those stories. It's funny that you mentioned Jan because the first time I ever spoke to Jan, I thought we were going to talk about Cream and we just ended up talking about kiss for two hours on the phone which was such a blast because she was the one who did that and yeah. um and you know she didn't realize you know she didn't know about my favorite well, I used to call it my favorite kiss book and then I called it my favorite rock and roll book and now I just call it my favorite book which is kiss and tell so oh, I yeah, uh I don't, yeah right Gordon Gabbard Bob McAdams right so like talk about the ultimate you know, back of the toilet read in terms of like a, a music book. Um, so I turned her on to Kiss and Tell and then she started sending me Ace Freely guitar picks, you know? <laughs> so like, nice. and then, and then, and then uh, you know, Jan found out about this rock and roll fantasy camp in November that Ace is going to appear at. And she sent me the link and she's like, it's your turn, you know? <laughs> you know, it's her way of sort of like trying to pass the baton. Like, let's get in their heads again. And um uh, I'm glad you brought you it up. You need to go and be like roadie for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to learn cold gin or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll do anything. But yeah, this is my pitch, box. Hey, I just, I, I, this, I is, this is the forum, JJ, in which I wanted to present that picture. I got a question for both you guys. Um, speaking of Kiss and the new cream, whose idea was it for the Paul story on the painting? I believe you're referring to uh, our our. Uh, column called fart work um, in which <laughs> in which cream uh, analyzes and critiques uh, rock stars artwork and first up was Paul Stanley that was proposed by our editorial director um, his name is Dave Carney um, Dave has uh, an incredible uh, sense of humor um, he published a, um, a skateboarding magazine I want to say in the 90s, mid 90s, late 90s called Big Brother, which in skateboarding circles is sort of like what cream is in rock and roll circles. Big Brother is in skateboarding circles and um, Big Brother ultimately birthed Jackass. Um, a lot of the writers and contributors to Big Brother went on to create Jackass, including um, Dave Carney, our editorial director. So he brings a lot of that silly, smart, smart, silly 
sensibility to this. And it, it was his idea um, to kind of um, pitch this as a concept. And um, I think, you know, I, I can't get through that article without just cracking up. Um, oh, I, you know, that was it, that was exactly it, JJ. I was like, God, I hope Paul reads this with a sense of humor, because I, to me, a matter of fact, Michael and I talked about it on the show, or I don't know if it was before we were on or wait. Um, Michael, did you just propose that Paul Stanley might read something with a sense of humor? Has uh, <laughs> that but, ever happened? But we're uh, familiar with were, this man, right? Mike, Michael, and I, when when that when did that was about a month or two ago, Mike, yeah, that was the first thing, Michael. And this is before we knew we were going to have you guys on. I'm like, man, that was the the most cream sort of thing. Ever. I mean, we got it right from the word fucking go. I'm like, that that was so quintessential creamish. It's not even funny. I'm like, and that was the whole thing. I'm reading it. I'm dying laughing. And I'm like, that's you took a serious thing and you made it freaking hilarious. And it was such an old school read. Michael and I were both just gushing over it. it. it it's it's funny because that article illustrates the generational differences between readers. So people like Mark and I got that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cream. Cream, <laughs> cream is back. If this is what yes. they're doing. They're back. But then there's the younger fans who were reading that going, how dare they? How dare they insult <laughs> right. Paul's artwork yeah. like that? <laughs> These guys suck. They can't paint. Why are they, you know, so, but... Our podcast is also very much that way. We've got the, you know, love us or hate us. Just don't stop talking about us. I don't care if we piss you off. Talk about us. It, it, exactly. You know, cream isn't going to be for everybody. It might be, you know, it, it might be off-putting to, to some folks. Um, and to be honest, they're, they're probably not the folks we want to go after <laughs> um, as, as subscribers. Like, you know, Cream, cream, you know, it, it, taking that article as an example, it, to me, it does nail the ethos, like, like, you know, it, it's a home run in terms of like what, what cream represents. It's like, it's fun. It's funny. It's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's good natured. It's not a hit piece, exactly. you know, it's have like that to me represents actually having fun reading about rock and roll. And when is the last time you can say that, you know, that's what, that's um, why it hit us the way it did what you yeah. just said. Yeah. And that's been missing. Oh, it's been missing yeah. since cream left. And so many yeah. don't know about it at all. So, so to your point about some people being, how dare you, there will be a certain amount of people like that because they just can't handle satire. But I'd like know? to yeah. think that those people, a, a small group of that that group of people who don't get it initially will eventually understand what it's about. I mean, Hopefully. even even us as kids, when you know the first Cream magazine, it was like, I don't know, are these guys being dicks here or what? You know, you you had to figure it out over a few issues to figure out that Cream attitude and realize they really do love rock and roll and they love these bands. They've got a tongue-in-cheek humor to their writing, which nobody else has. So maybe some of these newer fans are going to learn that, discover that, appreciate that. Because, you know, sadly, so much media out there is not that way. It's just, yeah. it's afraid to piss off anybody. Anybody. 
nobody's taking any risks. Yeah, nobody, nobody's taking any risks. um, And that has really uh, sanitized, you know, music media. Um, And so that, that, that's our MO is like, we're going to take some swings um, and let the chips fall where they may. We're not out there trying to be mean on purpose. We're out there to like have an actual perspective, take a stand and, you know, be ready to, you know, that, that, you know, not everybody's going to agree with it. We posted an article the other day about this Brooklyn punk band called uh, Surfboard. And um, I don't, you know, I, I, I really couldn't, you know, care about Surfboard one way or another, but the article was really well-written. It was, it was questioning why this band matters to so many people. And it was sort of, you know, taking, taking this band apart, um, and then at the end of the day, sort of saying, yeah, they're not for me, but I kind of understand it now. And like the surfboard mafia came after, <laughs> came after the, the writer and came after cream, but guess what? These guys were smart enough. Surfboard was smart enough to take the article and post it to their social handles and play ball. Right. They, they, they made a decision rather than just sort of rail against cream as, as being like these bad guys, they understood what was going on. You can there play was... along or you can fight. And, and That's ultimately, right. if you try and fight it, you're never going to win. So play yeah. along and make it work for you. And, and, and it, it ended up being a, really being a win for everybody. It was like a highly engaging article for us that was well thought out and well written. Um, and it was great for them because they got some, you know, some really great coverage out of it. And uh, I, I mean, a ton of fan engagement. And it was a lot of fun going through the comments <laughs> as well. Quick and then you think of Paul, then you think of Paul Stanley, though. What do you guys think Paul Stanley's reaction would be if he were to read that that uh, installment I, of Fartwork? Honestly, my my true honest opinion I yeah. do think he would get the cream sense of humor. I I don't think he's going. It's not like I don't know, and I don't even know if this is a real magazine. Like Art Aficionado right. did a review and trashed it. Right. That might bother him, but it's Cream Magazine, and he knows the long the history of Cream. He knows yeah, what it's about. Correct. I mean, let's part of it. He, yeah. I think he probably smiled and laughed at it. I mean, I yeah, because let's face it, Cream sold Kiss and Kiss sold Cream. I mean, that right. was a made that was a, a, a match made in rock and roll heaven. And also, what yeah. Michael just to piggyback on what Michael just said is so true. There's a great little video clip where Paul is walking into this his it's his mansion, and he says to the person who's following him with the camera, "This is the house that bad reviews built." Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> so that's what oh, I mean. The, the, the obviously, you know, I, I we've he all loves been his lucky. detractors. He loves his detractors, yeah. but he's also very he's also very self serious man. I mean, let's be honest. Which is what we were poking. Which is what we were poking fun at more than his actual artwork. Is just the way he presents himself to the world. He's like, I mean, he's you know, he's not the most self self uh, effacing person. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of the no, joke. Com- I completely get what you you're you're saying, and he, you know he it he is he can be that way for sure. I just I I think Gene and Paul both are two guys who are not afraid of bad reviews or people right. hating on them. I mean, yeah. they you know keep in mind again, 
they must people be numb to it. Makeup by when now. people were like, "What the hell, you guys? Yeah, get rid of this. Yeah. You're not musicians. You suck." And, yeah. and as we jokingly say on this podcast, here we are, 50 years later. Forget the haters. We won because guess what? Kiss is here 50 years later, still yeah. playing, still selling out shows where all of these other bands who were supposed to be better, yeah. longer lasting, better fan bases. Where are they? I, I will tell yeah. you that that hint hint, I think, would be a great story for Cream because go back to Cream magazine in 1980, 81, 82, 83. And look at where Pat Benatar and REO Speedwagon and all these sticks and, and don't get me wrong, all great artists in their own right. But if you would have said straight faced that, you know what, in the year 2022, Kiss is going to be playing a sold out stadium tour through Europe, eventually playing arenas here in Detroit. And Pat Benatar, Styx and REO Speedwagon are going to be a package tour playing, you know, Theaters yeah, or right. Yeah. That, that's a great. That's a that would be it's a power of showmanship. Story. Well, yeah. it's it's more so than that because you know again we're 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 big kiss nerds here. But I am too. I love the music, well, but I think well, a lot I, of people go just, to the shows. But, the but show. that's what I was going to say though is that you know what you you got to go those those songs man that that yeah, that's solid well, yeah roll. I mean to 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 the point of it's got to be great music no band is going to last 50 years if the songs suck if they don't hit home you can't last that long releasing nothing but crap songs so there had to be some good songs that kiss released the the show is like you know all of the icing on the cake i mean it just makes it even more enjoyable um before we wrap up guys here i want to ask you about artists and bands since the announcement that cream is back have you started have you heard from any of the artists from back in the day or newer artists who are like oh my god i i can't wait for you guys to be back i mean i love what you were can we be part of it are you getting a sense of what the artist community is thinking about the return of cream oh absolutely yeah a lot of the artists featured in issue one were overjoyed that this was the way they were going to be presented to the world. And, you know, we were talking earlier about like the multiple genres within the genre. Yeah, I don't want to give away names, but on Friday, I was at a photo shoot on the 81st floor of the World Trade Center, uh, where we were doing a photo shoot of, uh, of a, a soul singer who works sort of with electronic music, amazing artist. And she was a little nervous about the shoot. And I, to calm her nerves, I said, do you want to know how beautiful your story is going to look in the magazine? She said, how, do, how would I know? I said, I'm going to show you a little something. I'm just going to show you a little PDF of, some, of another story that's coming out in issue one, just so you know you're in good hands. And I showed her an issue that was a profile of a new punk band, completely different genre. And she said, I love them. Let's do this. You know? So we, we've got, we got people crossing genres like that's the way rock and roll music is now it's an attitude it's a soul singer who works with electronic music it's a punk band they know each other they love each other they buy each other's music and they want to read about each other and and we as music fans want to read about them 
So there is an excitement. There's an excitement from legacy artists, but there's been especially an excitement about around new artists who want to be portrayed in the way that those those great rock and roll legends were portrayed in the original cream. Because it's not disposable. You're creating art and you're creating something that's more than just the throwaway, like we were talking about. And what artist wouldn't want to be a part of something like that, especially with the way things have changed now. It's so hard. There are so many incredible new bands or newer bands that I still have yet to discover because how, you know, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. But there, there's just too much content there. How do you, how do you find them? Well, that, that, and, the and, thing is, you know, Spotify is just the music. There's no right. personality there. Right. And, yeah. you know, I, because of my demographic, my age, I grew up listening and loving radio. And to me, disc jockeys were rock stars, just like the musicians. And the death of radio is when they fired all the personalities and tried to just compete on music. I'm like, music to music, you're going to always lose to the internet. What you have is the personality of that, that DJ saying, man, you know, let me give you a little tidbit about Led Zeppelin. Let me tell you about Fleetwood Mac. Let me tell you about the time I, I met... Brian May from Queen backstage. That was missing. That's got to be brought back into rock and roll personality. Because again, we all can sit down now and instantly access 80 million songs. Every song you could ever want is at our fingertips. So that's not part of the equation anymore. Yeah. And music discovery is, is a big part of what we're trying to do here and you know you're not going to these these smaller bands that are trying to break through that are really good they're not getting coverage on traditional media sites because it doesn't drive enough clicks for them and doesn't create enough you know advertising revenue since we're not modeled like that we can talk about whoever we want to talk about whoever you know deserves mention and and sort of frame that up for the readers in a way that they can discover these new bands that they otherwise might not so with personality uh to your point yep yep so guys where where does everybody go to subscribe to find out to read to buy the t-shirts cream.com is where you can go for all of it. We've got our uh, we've got our, our shop up there for all sorts of boy howdy goodies and cream goodies. Um, we're releasing some really cool merch packages. Um, obviously, you know we've got classic boy howdy stuff, and then we're we're doing uh, this week um, we're releasing what we're calling our Cass Avenue collection, um, which is sort of a real throwback to like late 69, early 70, early days of cream. Um, we're, we have a Lester Bangs collection, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, you can also go there to subscribe to the archive or subscribe to the, uh, the print edition uh, as well. So cream.com. Oh, and, and one final thing I would, I would be remiss if I didn't take 30 seconds to share with you my, my favorite gene story, my only gene story for, for that matter. Um, we were at Gene's house filming for the documentary. Um, and he, he, he greets us and he walks us in to the Kiss Museum in, a, in his home and it's very cold and very quiet and everything's like super neat. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting so nervous. Um, it's me and it's Jan and it's our director, Scott Crawford. I'm like, 
excuse me, Gene, can I go, you know, can I go use the restroom? Uh, I had to piss so bad. And, uh, and he points to the, to the bathroom in the Kiss Museum. So I go in there, I shut the door. About 30 seconds later, I hear Gene yell through the door. He's like, if you shake it more than twice, you're playing with it. And then <laughs> that, was, that was it. Um, broke the ice and, and the rest of the afternoon went, went swimmingly. And, and when we were done interviewing him, he sent us down to these little, these little bins of like kiss tchotchkes that, and we could each fill up a little bag with, with gifts. So I got like a kiss pint glass. I got some Hello Kitty kiss co-branded Kleenex, like t-shirts that were like quadruple X that they couldn't sell anywhere else. Oh man, I'll never forget it. But yeah, That's funny. I, I will. Yeah. It was you guys want to know a kiss anecdote from me as well? <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah. yeah. Indulge Please. us. So in the, in the book Kiss and Tell by Gordon Gebert, he talks about how an ace, post-kiss ace, like 90s ace, when he used to go on tour and do these little clubs, he would undercut his own merch table just to get a few extra bucks before a show. And the way he would do that is he would go to Walmart and he would buy a bunch of white hats. And then he would go up to his hotel room and he'd sign the white hats and either he or some lackey of his would go out in the parking lot before the show and sell these hats and it wouldn't be on the books. And then people would just buy merchandise, these white hats from Ace instead of buying the concert t-shirts. Uh, so I actually got to know the writer of the book, Kiss and Tell. And I went over to his house once so that he could regale me with his Ace paraphernalia. And he asked me what my favorite part of the book was. And I was like, I just loved the image of Ace Freely in line at Walmart buying 20 white hats and then going back to a hotel room. I picture him pulling down the ironing board and signing all the hats. And uh, Gordon said, I'll be right back. <laughs> and Amazing. I was worried that you guys were going to challenge me on my kiss bona fides. So just no. in case, just in case. I, uh -oh. oh my oh, god boom. <laughs> love gun board shorts fantastic that's well, how I, love that. I i love i have it. the rock and roll over board shorts love them i wanted the solo album ones but they were harder to get on ebay so fantastic. i mean there you go kiss army <laughs> there are kiss fans in cream i yes. mean I don't, I mean, I'm just excited to see what you're going to do to Kiss. I mean, yep. honestly, that's, I'm just excited. I mean, finding those old reviews of, of Unmasked and Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over and rereading those. And it's like, oh yeah, this was, those, those were fun times. It's like, and if, if the Paul Stanley artwork story is a, is a, is a teaser, I can't wait to see what mm -hmm. you're going to do to Kiss and, and we're other excited. Things, but yeah. I mean, there's always been that, does Cream hate Kiss? Does Cream love Kiss? I don't quite know. The answer to both is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That was, that was one of the things, too, that I loved about Cream is I remember one of my favorite issues. And again, I, it's funny, too, because I've got a, um, whatever, I've got a lot of Cream here. Um, but, you know, is the heavy metal dead thing. You know, Cream did that with like a wink and a nod um and like 79 and just focused on all these bands and it's just funny how literally in a couple of years that genre just you know what i mean took off through and through the la 
um, metal scene and bands like Motley Crue. And it was just funny how Cream was almost almost prophetic before that, just questioning, you know, can this movement go on? And it, you know, and it did until it just so oversaturated itself that grunge had to happen, you know, to uh, disinfect, I guess. Uh, yeah, deflate uh, it. Yeah. yeah. So again, you know, Cream was just at the forefront of so many great things that I like to read about. And that was one of the reasons, like I said, you know, before I even knew you guys were going to be on or whatever, as soon as I saw that you guys were printing again, I'm like, where's that subscribe button? And I couldn't, couldn't wait to do it. So um, we're here to bring, we're here to bring balance back to the force. So nice. I like that. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe piss off the kiss army just a little bit. Oh yeah, please. Just a just little. A Mike, Mike can't yep. be the only one having fun. <laughs> it, it's a lot. It, it's so much fun to get a reaction out of them. Absolutely. JJ, Dan, this was such a pleasure. An I mean, honor. An as, honor. As, Likewise. as old school rock and Likewise. roll fans, it is so exciting that Cream is back. It really is. Really appreciate you guys having us. Great yeah, so it was a blast. You're welcome back anytime, man. Yeah. I'll come back. I got, I got two more Kiss stories, so invite me back. <laughs> oh, you guys yes. are always welcome. Seriously, you anytime. always welcome. We, and we, we'll be we'll, curious. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen again. It. Yeah, and once you launch the physical magazine, I, I'd love to have a follow-up just to hear how things are going and and just all the other stuff because then we can have a reaction where everyone can look at this first you know edition uh, and and talk about it. So that'd be cool. For sure. Great. Love it. Would love to. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. All right, gentlemen. Have a great Thank week. You. If you have something to say, leave a voicemail. Or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. That was so much fun. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. I just, the cream attitude, I'm, I was feeling it through that whole discussion. And I can't tell you as a, as, and, I, and I'm saying this to the younger fans, but for us old rock and rollers here, man, that cream attitude is something special nobody else ever matched it in my opinion maybe we'll get a little bit of our youth back well i look my excitement is genuine because cream to me was fun and irreverent and and it really made being a music fan it took the stuffiness out of it and and again if you have not seen the the cream documentary number one you know it's very detroit centric because that's where they were based and they really took that street attitude and that that was it i you know again just growing up here um it was just part of, it was just in the water here you know what i mean you know you know and 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 they they embraced bands like kiss because magazines like rolling stone looked their nose down on them they embraced aerosmith you know because rolling stone didn't take hard rock serious you know that was the great thing about cream is they knew what was going on in the streets you know and um it, it, it was funny it matter of fact uh, alice cooper has a song called detroit city um and he mentions cream by name you know, that they, they were, especially when Alice was first coming around, 
cream gave them you know i think that was his first major magazine cover and and you know featured him all the time and and you know it was just uh, cream just personified rock and roll and it really it took the the mystique out of it and, and put like a you know almost a punky sort of attitude towards well, it you know it it's it especially when you compare it to things like rolling stone cream didn't take rock and roll seriously like that cream realized rock and roll is fun it's happy it's good time it's you gotta laugh at yourself you know that was that's that's been missing i mean i'm sadly so i'm looking forward to being able to read about rock and roll and laugh at it at the same time i mean yeah. We've always said that about ourselves on this podcast. We're the first ones to laugh at ourselves for doing a goddamn kiss podcast for 10 years now. Oh, and when someone sends us a drawing or a picture of us that we look stupid, it's funny to us and we usually share it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta laugh at yourself. And and yep. when when rock and roll starts becoming too serious, it's like I don't want that. I want my rock and roll to be a good time. You know, going back to Kiss, that's why I can't stand Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls is not a good time Kiss record. I want Kiss to be a good time having a party, raising yeah. your fist, cheering. Um, Carnival of Souls is depressing. Yeah. So, well, well I look at the time, guys. Um, come on, Carnival is a fucking great album. I love it. <laughs> I do. Are you high now? I mean, no. I love that record. Tr trust us. If, if if you're one of our listeners who didn't grow up with Cream, maybe only knows it by name or knows the T-shirt but knows nothing else about it. Trust us. There is something really special here. And do yourself a favor and go check out Cream online. Go to Cream.com. There is a great attitude and sense of humor that cream brings to rock and roll and you know if you read that article about paul stanley's artwork don't take it seriously it's, that, not, it's not supposed to be taken literally yes it's not so don't don't take it personally don't get offended this is what's special about cream I mean, we we did the unmasked review. Um, we did talk about, it and we will definitely do. We're going to read Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun because their reviews are something unique too. They're not the typical. Well, the song structure is like this. <laughs> the guitar player is playing X amount of notes, and I don't give a crap about that. I want something I can relate to as a common fan. And, and that's what their reviews did, you know. Yep. Um, uh, again, just that was that was the magazine when I would ride my bike up to the corner store that I'm like, please have the new cream and please, you know what I mean? And and it was funny. They always also, too, and I was happy to hear them say that, you know, they really were at the forefront of great photos and they almost never ever use stock photos i mean no cream, that's every, great yeah you every time you saw a, a photo and cream especially back then as a kiss fan 
that wasn't the one that the record company sent. You know what I mean? It was yeah. one that was taken on the road by someone like Bob Alford or, you know what I mean? Some other, other great dad. Matter of fact, you can see my pinball machine. I bought my pinball machine from Bob Alford, who is a local guy here in Detroit. No, no, but Bob, Bob, uh, you know, um, Bob's just world renowned photo photographer and, uh, um, you know, um, but he was somebody that did a lot of work for cream and without, you know, tongue in cheek, a cream of the crop. I mean, those, all those photos, matter of fact, you go back, um, in that very first cream special, they didn't, you know, it's funny. Cause I remember talking, I think it was when we had Jan on this, you know, when they decided to do that cream special, the first one, that thing sold out like that. I mean, it was just insane how. That's how come I said, you know, in our interview with the guys, you know, Kiss sold cream and cream sold Kiss. That's why they didn't publish those non-makeup photos right away. When did they do it? They they did it in 1982, I believe, right? When Kiss was at their lowest, you know, Kiss kind of fell off the, the face of the earth. Yeah. But again, that's how come I really do hope they take my you know, suggestion. I would love to see a cream type article that went back and looked at you know, when the, the ship was ascending um, after Unmasked, because right around that time, they didn't get much print, you know, in Cream. Until, though, if you guys remember, um, Cream did do another Kiss special, I want to say, uh, during the Asylum years, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it was. So. The so. Yeah, because Gene was on the cover. Yeah. Wearing his Asylum. Uh, yep, I remember I, that. I, yeah, obviously I have it. But I mean, again, I thought that at the time was really I remember when I walked in the, 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 the I saw that on the newsstand. I was, you know, because if you remember, then cream split into cream metal. Yes. Yep. And uh, they devoted, you know, a whole a whole magazine to, you know, hard rock and metal, which was cool, because I, I will tell you and I, I think, too, you know, once. Once the mid 80s hit cream. I think it did start going and that's why it eventually ended it. It did start trying to be. It's tried to be circus. It, it tried to be hit parader. It tried to be everything else. Yeah. Well also too, I, I think a reason for that is because they lost their irreverence. They lost their, you know, uh, by, by that time, you know, Lester had been dead and gone for a while. And, you know, people like Jan stopped working there and the people who made it, made cream cream especially if you go see the uh if, if you see the the documentary you'll really see what i'm talking about there because you know once once the, the the core writers left and once uh you know jj's dad was no longer involved i mean it just it became just another magazine yep yep yeah yep so home homework question uh are you were familiar you with cream, cream? Were you a cream reader back in the day? Did you like it? Did, do you get it? Um, did you read their Paul Stanley um, article about his art? What What was your reaction to that? Good or bad? I mean, we want to know if, yeah. if you were insulted by it, but let us know. I mean, homework is about cream this week. Did you read it? Mm -hmm. Do you like it? Are you excited about it? Do you understand the cream attitude it's the only way i can describe it because there was there's a definite attitude that comes from reading cream so true um and of course, check out cream.com 
Um, you know, these guys are KISS fans, as we, we just found out. So that's it, guys. I don't think there's anything else to cover this week. No, that's it. Right. We will see everybody next week. The show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Voices for Three Sides of the Coin, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.